we're ready to rock and roll. So uh, warning, uh, in case you, this is uh, the second or third time, or maybe multiple times that you've uh, come to one of my teaching webinars for attorneys only, uh, uh, the screens will look similar, including this screen looks similar. Uh, I just want to make sure that you know that this is not the same webinar you just watched at some other time. I do use a formula uh, to teach from, and sometimes it can feel a little repetitive. And I do cover some of the same things on a regular basis to make sure I get foundational principles underway before I teach the meat and potatoes. So with that warning out of the way, uh, let's get started. Uh, so today we're going to be focusing on the ultimate email marketing system for law firms. Um, just as a uh, quick uh, survey, how many folks here are use? well, let me ask a different question. Who here is not, just raise your hand and say I, uh, who here is not using email as a regular communication tool to their clients or prospects uh, for marketing purposes? Anybody not using it? Okay, good. So by the way, there's a chat room here you can go to. Uh, you can get there by clicking on the more button and going to chat. You may be able to see chat depending on how you have your Zoom set up, set up there. If you want to talk to me throughout the process, I will kind of answer questions live as you have them. Um, you can save them till later or you can, you can chat them out. I'd appreciate it if you chatted to everybody rather than privately to me so, so they, can, they can see it. Okay, Sarah, I see that Sarah without an H, got it. Uh, you don't use it yet. Good. Well, we'll talk about that today. Uh, and for those of you that are using email, I, hopefully I'm going to open your eyes to um, how to look at it a little differently. And, and, and also what you should know is that I've been using email marketing for many years. Um, and there are some rumors that email marketing is dead. Um, and, and I'll tell you that it's harder to use than ever before, but it should not be ignored for lots and lots of reasons. Also, over the last year, I've really stepped up my email communication um, uh, for lots of reasons that I'll share a little bit. And I've learned a tremendous amount about email uh, by using email marketing more aggressively to, to build relationships with my list. And, and we'll, we'll show you really, really why that's worked. And so, um, okay, Samantha, so we'll make sure that we, we try to convince you that you should use it. Now, by the way, when I say, I see you said I don't use it for marketing, I want to make sure I recognize that um, unlike, you know, one of the disadvantages that law firms have as opposed to other businesses is that you can't necessarily go out and market to somebody's third party list um, because it's considered soliciting. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit and I, and I get it and I'm not suggesting that we should do that. The, the conversation that we're having today is really going to be around email marketing into your house list and, and we'll define that in a little bit. All right, so I am going to hopefully convince you that you should use it and if you're already using it, I'm gonna to try to show you how to use it a little bit better uh, to get better results from it and to give you some reasons why. So uh, without further ado, here's what we're gonna talk about today. If you're not using this nearly free, and it really is nearly free, to generate additional clients, I'm gonna show you why you should. Uh, this is a secret. The next thing I'm going to teach you the secret that uh, most copywriters or a lot of marketers um, believe is to be true. That's not true. I've discovered some truth around uh, this. And then I'm going to give you a step-by-step -step system. I I'm going to cover the step-by-steps at the end, um, but throughout this process, you're going to hear me kind of go into depth about 
the steps that you'll need to think about as you go through email. So make sure you take some notes if if you're if you have the ability. As always, you know, close the door, put the phone on do not disturb for the next hour. I do have a hard stop today because I've got a, a slew of interviews that I'm doing. Um, so I'm not gonna be able to go late. I, I believe that this will fall inside of our 60 minutes with questions without problem today. Uh, it's not as broad of a subject, so I'll be able to narrow my conversations. But but try to focus for 60 minutes. If you're driving, I get it. Just listen on. Uh, don't, don't write anything down. Um, but but take some notes because I think that uh, you know listening to something is great, but uh, implementing it is better. You know I I've talked about how that I read a, a book a week. My bookshelf is getting busier and busier. By the way, um, I've got now the Asian. Uh, uh, pictures on the left and on the right, and now I've got the ones that I purchased up top. Um, my uh, my addition for my office is being built, but uh, I'm trying to bring some of my travels from China into my office. The problem is I can't remember what order these go in. So <laughs> if anybody remembers what knows what order these are supposed to go in, let me know. Otherwise, anyway, my bookshelf is full. Most of the things I read these days are on Kindle, but I no longer just strive to read a book a week. Um, I probably have four or five, maybe six books open at any one time. And now I read to Revelation. And so when you're listening to this or you're uh, being revealed to by a thought leader in the legal field about what you should be doing for marketing or sales or practice management or what have you, I, I suggest you, you read to Revelation or you learn to Revelation and then you implement. So I used to read a book just to finish it cover to cover and I'd have all these dog-eared pages and I'd I like never go back to them, right? So now I read until I find something I want to do, then I go do it. If it means I don't finish the book, I don't finish the book. Um, so if it means you don't finish the webcast today, then you don't finish the webcast. If you hear a great idea and you want to go implement, you're not gonna hurt my feelings if you go implement, okay? Um, so let's keep moving. Um, I'm gonna have Q&A at the end. If by chance you didn't have the opportunity to have Q&A or I, I tend to talk longer than I thought and I have to cut us off at the top of the hour and you have some questions you really want answered, just know you can always email me at richard at therichardjames.com. That's what I'm here for. Uh, I love answering emails. Uh, I call it white mail um, and, I, and I'm happy to do it. So feel free to ask that question then. But you can ask questions throughout the process as you have them. If I don't get the opportunity to answer it right away, I'll come back to it a little bit later. I've got everybody muted. Uh, for today, if you want to turn on your camera so everybody can see you, especially for those of you that are members in the program and you, you want to say hello to your fellow members, um, be, by all means, do that. Okay. Uh, as always, we are going to start in the same place. So um, I believe that you have four possible futures. Um, one of them is not really not uh, applicable or what, what we don't want to have. And one of them is like the ultimate achieving uh, level of what we want to have. And so the one we don't want to have is chaos. And the one we really want to have is freedom. And in between there, we have what I call insanity and healthy. And I believe that the future that you have, you know, at some point down the road, whether that's a year or three years or four years down the road, really depends an awful lot on the actions that you take. And so today, the thing that I'll be revealing to you regarding email and email marketing is one of the tools in the tool chest that will help you ultimately gain your freedom. Uh, remember, a system is anything where we harvest the data about something and then we, we inspect via report and then finally we automate. And today we're going to be talking about email and I'd like to help you develop a, a system for automating it, but you, you'll likely need some software. But regardless, um, the point is that if you want to go from chaos to freedom, you need to put all of these systems into place. And 
you know, I, I was on an, an implementation call last week and I heard a lot of the new members in our highest level program called Partners Club uh, saying, you know, man, I, I don't know how to do all this and be an attorney. And Mike Michalowicz wrote a great book called Profit First. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. Um, and he, his concept was that we needed to change the formula of how we measure profit, right? We should have, it should not be sales minus expenses equals profit. That's, that's an upside down formula and archaic. What it should be is sales, gross sales minus profit equals expenses so that you, you pay your expenses with what's left after you take your profit out of the business, you get paid first. Well, I believe freedom first is as essential. And so what happens with most attorneys, most business owners, but it, it does happen with attorneys more than others um, because you tend to, you, well, you bill for your time and, and really the business typically revolves around you, certainly in the early stages. Um, you do the work for everybody else first, your clients, uh, your employees, uh, your spouse, your family, and, and then you take your freedom last, whatever's left. And oftentimes there's nothing left. And, and there's lots of reasons for that. And you could take all the principles and profit first and apply it to this. But I'll tell you, if you want your freedom, you have to put it first, which means you have to block out time to work on your freedom steps. Uh, if you don't, here's kind of where you end up. You end up in chaos. And chaos really means that you're in debt, you work seven days a week, you have no money, you have no time, you have no plan. Life kind of frankly really sucks. Um, if you're in insanity, you know, you've kind of made some money or a little bit of money from your business, but you've got no profit. You're just, you're taking a draw. You still work six days a week and you're living month to month. And if something were to happen, like there's no reserve in place and, and you know, you're wondering if you're gonna make payroll in the next clip because you just don't know where your next lead is coming from, your next client is coming from. But if you start to do the right things in your business and implement these little steps that we've been teaching you every month, um, you really will start to see a healthy business start to evolve. And you'll, you'll, run, you'll have a staff that runs your business. You'll be able to work five days a week and really take the weekends off. Um, and you'll have some profit. Um, and then finally, if you obtain your freedom, this is where you've got you know, $500,000 in liquid cash. That, that number is relevant based on your age, okay? And so uh, this is like a marker that I like to have. If you're 26 and you're on this call, uh, you may, you know, 500,000 may not be the number you need right now to have, consider yourself to be free because of the rule of 72. If you're 62, that number, 500,000 probably isn't enough um, because of what you've got coming down the road for retirement. Um, you can work three days a week because you want to, not because you have to, and you have what we call passive income, money, whether you roll out of bed or roll over in, in bed and you get a check every month. So you don't have to do the work. You don't have to be the attorney. Uh, the, the business keeps providing you with income. Now, this typically takes three years to achieve freedom when you're in, in, you know, implementing on a regular basis and you're putting freedom first. However, uh, I believe there's a better way, and that's the way to do it in a year. And we've seen people achieve that in our, in our highest level world. So well, everything I do revolves around this path towards freedom. It's where I am. Um, it's where I would like to see you be as well. So why should you listen to me? Um, because I've assisted to attorneys in sending more than 5 million emails. And really, I think that's a conservative estimate. Um, I, I owned a company. I recently sold it uh, in the last year or so. Uh, that built out uh, software systems that sent emails in one of the aspects we're going to talk about today. And um, I've, I've worked with attorneys in this for a decade or more. And so 5 million emails is really a conservative number, but the number is irrelevant because 
really what matters is that I, I've personally created these emails and they've created millions of dollars in revenue for law firms. Um, and I've been hired by some of the law firm mark, marketing companies, the largest ones out there to actually create their emails for them uh, because they recognize what I was doing for attorneys and they just wanted me to white label them. So I've written copy for other people. Here's the reason why I think this, you should listen to me today, because as I said, over the last year, I've been on a pretty significant journey. And since I have some data now, I can tell you that I've seen our self-schedule appointments because of what we've done increase by 195%. These are people who schedule appointments on their own. Now, I am not going to unpack this today because I know that attorneys, when they hear that, they think, oh, I don't want clients scheduling appointments on their own, or I don't want non-qualified prospects scheduling appointments on their own. I'm going to put it in the parking lot. It's a much bigger conversation. Just know that I'm going to tell you self-scheduled appointments are good. And, and, and there's lots of reasons for it. I don't have time to unpack that for you today. It's another conversation at another time. My connection rate, that's the number of uh, attorneys we talk to is the number of people that we actually, or pardon me, the number of law firms we dial as compared to the number of attorneys we actually talk to in the course of a day has gone up by 57%. Um, our set rate has gone up 23%, our show rate has gone up 26%, and my own personal owner's benefit has gone up 106%. Now, arguably, last year's numbers weren't as strong as I'd like them, but this year numbers are much, much stronger than what I expected them to be. And all of this has to do because of what I've done inside of using email marketing uh, to further the needle of my relationship with my list. Many of you are on this call today because I've learned an awful lot about email marketing. And so I'm going to share that with you uh, today. But we always get started the same way. So whether you're a family law attorney in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a bankruptcy attorney in Phoenix, Arizona, a criminal attorney in Sacramento, California, or uh, you know, state planning attorney in Florida, your business is no different than my business. And while uh, I've shared with you numbers that are working for me, uh, the principles that I'm about to teach you will work for you, and I need you all to agree to that. Now, I'm not going to unmic us or unmute us because it gets loud and boisterous and a bit annoying, and we get a lot of echoes. But here's what I do want to do: I want to make sure we all take this oath together. So I'm going to I'm going to take the oath, and then you can repeat after me. If you do it in your head, but I'd love to see you raise your right hand and, and repeat after me that from this principle that my business isn't different from yours. We're going to go like this and say, my business is not different from your business, okay? And so that's the principle we wanna start with today. I recognize that you may not completely believe me. So for the next, what, 40 minutes-ish, I just want you to set aside any uh, disbelief and come at this with a can-do attitude. Just try to take one thing from today and say, how can I use what Richard James is teaching me to apply into my business? And can I get it to move the needle in my firm? And if you take that attitude, I, I believe you're going to find uh, something that works for you. Okay, so I just let me stop. How to come on video. Uh, Samantha, I think you're talking about like how to come on the video for Zoom. So uh, if you're on the screen, you should see me and it should have a stop, start video, stop video button for you. If you have a camera on your laptop or on your computer, you should be able to hop on the video. Um, okay. If you have questions about that afterwards, I could have my team help you with that for another webinar in the future. 
All right, so today we're going to dive into the perfect client lifecycle. It's the place I start every conversation because this is really my proprietary world that I live in. This is the thing that drives my business. It drives my members' business. This is the thing we want to get right 100% of the time, not 5% of the time, not 80% of the time, 100% of the time. We want to make sure we're always coming back to this conversation. And today we're going to be focusing on inside of here, converting to appointment, the increasing the show rate, the getting acquiring the new clients and the getting paid. And so this, this technique I'm talking to you about really, and I, I probably could have extended it out to obtaining referrals. As a matter of fact, I should have extended out to obtaining referrals. Um, I'm not using this, however, for lead generation. So we're not talking about using email marketing for generating leads. I do do that in my business. I don't have the bar association that has to uh, tap me on the shoulder and say, you can't solicit. Okay. So I, I can use email marketing in my business to generate new leads. Uh, typically you cannot. So that's okay. Uh, when I talk about email marketing, what you need to know is all of those numbers I shared with you really have come from the fact that I've used email marketing inside of my PCLC, not the email marketing to increase my lead count. Um, because they're two separate conversations. And so we're going to be talking about, uh, increasing conversions through the perfect client lifecycle today. So why should you should be using email marketing? So like, let's talk about why. Okay. So the, the first reason why is for this concept of unconverted leads, right? So we know that from me building a law firm personally with my own two hands, that 60% of the revenue coming from new clients came from unconverted leads. So that's the people who say, no, I don't want to set an appointment. No, I don't want to show to my appointment. No, I don't want to hire you or retain your firm. So at some point in the perfect client life cycle, they opted out. By the way, I should probably go back just a second, just because I, I always forget to do this. So there's probably somebody new on the call. Just to make sure the perfect client life cycle, the PCLC is how I refer to it. This is the path that your lead takes through the process of your firm. So if somebody raises their hand, they walk into your firm, they email you, they pick up the phone and they call you, whatever they do, uh, this, that's them becoming a lead or a prospect. And then for most firms, they either set an appointment or they, or they talk to them right away over the phone, which theoretically is an appointment. And then they have to get that appointment to show up, to, to actually come and meet with the attorney or the non-attorney consultant. And then they have to convince them to retain the firm. And, and then they have to convince them to pay their bill in full. And then they have to convince them because they did a, such a good job to refer the business uh, to their friends or relatives. And, and then what we do is we measure the conversions between them. So the number of appointments we set as compared to the number of leads that we have. The number of leads that we have is compared to the number of people who showed up. The number of people who retain the firm as compared to the number of people who showed up. The number of people who pay in full as compared to the number of people who retain the firm. The number of people who refer the business as compared to the number of people that retain the firm. And, and we look at these conversions and we measure what's working and not working. And so when we say we don't have any money in our law firm or in our bank account, we, we come back to this and go, well, what's broken, right? Because there's lots of reasons why you might not have money. And so we need to figure out what's actually broken uh, in your law firm. Maybe you don't have any time. Well, there's lots of reasons why you don't have time. We got to go back to the PCLC to figure it out. Okay, I needed to say that. Sorry, commercial break uh, on the PCLC. For those of you who already know it, thank you for being patient with me. For those of you who don't know it, uh, I hope you appreciate that I did that for you because it's important you do have that basis. Okay, so 60% of your leads will come from unconverted leads. Uh, the people who don't set, don't show, don't hire. 
Um, when you have unconverted leads, oftentimes, if, you, if you've been listening to me, you have a phone team. So if somebody who's, even if that phone team is a part-time person or your grandmother who needs a job on the weekends making calls for you, um, the, the phone team really wants to know who they should be talking to. And email marketing really supports your phone team. Real, actually, probably the largest reason that my numbers have increased besides the self-schedules uh, was because I used this support my phone team. Um, your clients use and respond to email and your job as a marketer is to uh, be there when they're ready. So your, your prospects, it really should say your prospects and clients use and respond to email. So if somebody's reached out to you and they didn't set an appointment, they didn't show to their appointment, they didn't hire, uh, they may not be ready. And, and depending on the practice area you're in, th their readiness may be six months from now or nine months from now. Uh, in bankruptcy, I saw that all the time. And my job was to be in front of them so that when they're ready to make a buying decision, they chose us. And so email allows us to do that uh, in a way that's very inexpensive and quite frankly, builds relationships. The second reason is you want to increase your lifetime client value. So if you're a firm uh, that has uh, a business to business relationship or a relationship with a client where you'll see them year after year, like estate planning, I know that some of you don't. So bankruptcy clients, you may not. Although if you have a credit repair or rehabilitation program, you will. Uh, family law, oftentimes you won't, but sometimes you will, especially if you have families who you work with adoption and they adopt more than one child. Um, criminal, uh, oftentimes you don't, but you may because you may have expungement programs or something like that that you work with. So there's always ways to increase your lifetime client value because the client will do business with you more than once. And so your way to maintain your relationship with them or one of the key ways to maintain your relationship with them is by using media to stay in front of them. Email is one of the easiest ways to do that. Um, now, some of you may offer an additional practice area. And so you may either have, you may want to do it or you may already do it. So you may have multiple practice areas. A lot of times I hear, you know, smaller law firms that are in smaller towns that say, you know what, Rich, I'm a generalist. We, we kind of do a little bit of everything for everybody because there's only 30, 40, 50,000 people in my town. And so, you know, we don't have the ability to specialize because there's not enough of any one business. Boy, you know, and, they, and I, I hear oftentimes that those folks say to me things like, you know, your type of marketing, I don't know that it's going to work for us because of that reason. This is one of those areas where I, I mean, I, I disagree with that for a lot of reasons, but this is one of those areas where I strongly disagree with it. If you're, if you have multiple practice areas, you're crazy, forgive me for using that probably politically incorrect word, for not staying in front of your clients and prospects on a regular basis, because that means that there's lots of things that are happening in their life that they may very well need to know, hear from you about. And when they, you want to make sure that they know that you do multiple different practice areas. And one of the best ways to do that is by using uh, information marketing. And, and one of the best ways to get referrals from folks who also know that you do these other practice areas to their friends and relatives is to stay in front of them. But again, for me, the key for this is building a relationship with your list, right? So being in front of them and having them look forward to your communications, which means we're not talking about legal briefs here. We're not talking about like the law. We want to build a relationship with them. So 
the way to build a relationship is create an authority position and be an info first place. So you want to make sure you're talking to them about things that are relevant to them. It may be relevant to them about the community. You might be able to do a community outreach program for them inside of your email marketing. You might be able to do a charity uh, outreach program if you if you focus on a charity or a civic organization. You may be able to tie into your civic organization to just spread the word about what's going on in your community. It may be something that's relevant to their case type for sure. That's Those are always great messages. It might be uh, webinar marketing or teleseminar marketing where you're going to be communicating with them about the different ways uh, for for you to t show them why you're the thought leader in this space. I mean, this is what I do because I consider myself a thought leader for law firms on how to market and, and manage and build systems inside of their law firm to maximize their profit and gain their freedom. You are the thought leader in your community for all things. And the reality is, is your community thinks that you as an attorney is you're all John Grisham, right? They all they all think that you all do the same thing. You all go to court. You all have trials and that you're trial lawyers. And, you know, they, they watch Boston Legal or reruns of Boston Legal and they think that's you. Right. But they also think that, you, you know, a lot about everything because you're an attorney. And so you should leverage that stuff, in, in, in my opinion. And that's how email can help you do that. This is why you should use email. Um, and, and, and let's talk about maybe kind of how you should use email. So by the way, supporting your phone team is my favorite. It's the thing that I used probably the most over this last year. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, so what should you do? Like, what should you focus on, right? So here's some ideas. So first, you might want to nurture them. And, and the way that you might nurture them is you might nurture them in a daily email communication. So if you're talking about unconverted leads, somebody who called you today and didn't set an appointment, boy, I want to nurture them every single day in a very specific campaign. We'll talk about it in a second. Maybe it's weekly. Maybe you're going to give a tip of the week, or maybe you're going to give a recipe of the week, or maybe you're going to give a civic organization update of the week, or a charity update of the week, or a community update of the week. I don't know. But you just want to make sure that when you nurture them, you do it regularly, right? Whether it's daily or it's weekly, or maybe it's monthly and you're easing your newsletter. You're going to take your physical printed newsletter and you're going to send it out to them monthly. Whatever it is, when we talk about nurturing them, we talk about developing a structure, a system of regular diet of, of the same thing that happens maybe on the same day, the same time of the day, or the same day of the week, or the same day of the month, so that they can start to depend on the fact that they can hear from you regularly. That's how we nurture them. So that would be one of the what's that we can do inside of email. The other what that we can do inside of email is campaign specific. And so that looks like event promotion. So maybe you're having an open house or maybe you're doing a webinar or maybe you're doing a teleseminar. Maybe you do retail events like you go out into the community and you'll do, you know, uh, lunch and learns or whatever. Maybe you do wholesale events where you partner with somebody else like a financial planner or an insurance agent that you'll do or an accountant or whatever that you're going to do um, uh, wholesale events with them. Whatever it is, if you're doing an event of any kind, you can do a campaign specific uh, email campaign to promote these events. Um, maybe you've got accounts receivable challenge. So maybe you're going to run a accounts receivable uh, campaign. Like coming up in the beginning of the year, what's about to happen between January and April is tax season, right? So in January, between January and April, 
you've got like the, the mother load of ability to collect money. So if, if you know you've got outstanding receivables, using email to build campaigns to communicate with an offer of some kind for somebody to you know, pledge their tax return or bring their tax return in to pay off their balance is a huge campaign. And finally, you have an unconverted lead follow-up. And so this should be kind of like evergreen, where you have a series of emails that go out, uh, whether somebody doesn't set an appointment, doesn't, somebody doesn't show to the appointment, or somebody doesn't hire at the appointment, um, that you have a regular dose of emails that go out, and it's automatic, right? So as soon as you, the system is triggered that they didn't set, they didn't show, or they didn't hire, you've got unconverted lead emails that go out regularly, aiming to get them back into your office to schedule another appointment or reinforcing why you're the thought leader and they should be listening to you, especially if they're going out and shopping you amongst your peers. Um, you want to make sure that you're converting as many of the leads that reach out to you initially as possible. So this is the kind of the what to do inside of this. Um, okay, so so first things first, when sending email, we must get it open. Does anybody know... Um, what part of the email uh, helps you get the email open? You can go ahead and type it in if you want. If What part of the email is it that helps you get the email open? The preview, subject line, there it is. Yeah, so Olivia, I like that preview um, when you see it in Outlook, but remember not everybody uses Outlook. You gotta remember that some people use Gmail or Hotmail or Yahoo still, believe it or not, and there's not necessarily a preview uh, in all of those situations, or they may have it set up differently. But the subject line is is key. Now, Robert Kohler said, or Ron Kohler said, the uh, the sub, the sender. Yeah, I agree with that. So if they have a relationship with you and you're sending it from an email address that um, is not familiar with them, um, or it looks spammy, um, then you're going to have a hard time getting it open. Um, or you're using a third-party service that has a really bad reputation, uh, you're going to have a hard time getting your email open. But for the purposes of this conversation, we really want to talk about subject lines. So here's what I've learned about subject lines, right? So a lot of people make mistakes in their subject lines. And this is the part that's going to, well, well, we'll talk about it, and then we'll, we'll see how you feel about it. So subject line. So what you want to do with a subject line is you want to make it make them feel as if you're going to continue the conversation. So I've tried a lot of subject lines where I had the really cool titles in there and it was like thought provoking and it, you know, it, it was like headline copywriter stuff. And, uh, you know, like the top 10 things you need to know to improve your law firm, the seven items, you, seven things you must do before Christmas or whatever. I've tried all those headlines, but they sound spammy. And so the goal of the subject line is not to convince the person who's opening your email to do business with you or take the next step in the process, like scheduling an appointment or actually go to uh, whatever it is you're promoting. The goal of the subject line is simply to get them to open the email. Because I don't know if you're, if you're like me, but I, well, let's see. How many, how many people are like me? You could say yes if, if this is you. you. You get so much junk mail that you don't even read the email, even in the previews room. You're looking at just like subject lines and you're deleting based on the subject line. Anybody else do that? Yeah, right? So we all do that, right? 
So the subject line is supposed to get them to want to take the next step. So this is important because, you know, uh, uh, this is where I see law firms get this wrong all the time. So this is sales 101. So um, I believe, so I think like in a law firm, everything is a sales structure. So when the lead comes in via the phone or wherever way the lead comes in, the, the next stage is in most people's cases to set an appointment. Uh, so many law firms get it wrong where they think that the job of the phone call is actually to like get them to hire you. Now, if your firm sells on that first call, that's a, a slightly different conversation, but for most firms, that's not the case. And so they think that they're supposed to sell on that first phone call or convince them that they're supposed to do business with them. No, the goal of the first phone call is simply, simply to get them to get to the next stage, which is to set an appointment. The goal of the initial consultation in a law firm is not to solve their legal problem. This is a huge one for folks. The goal of the, of the initial consultation is to just convince them to retain your firm. If, you re if they retain your firm, you'll solve their legal problem. So many lawyers, when they're in initial consultation, I hear stories of lawyers in a consultation for an hour and a half, two hours, because they're giving advice and they're going through all the legal processes. That's not the goal of the initial consultation. It's to get them to retain the firm. So the goal of the subject line is not to convince them to do something else. The goal of the subject line is to simply get them to want to open the email. Uh, 2% close in the first call closes occur between the 8th and 12th. Yeah, I agree, Tom, uh, Thomas. I completely agree. It, it, you know, 8th and 12th follow-up is really where the magic happens. Um, let me make sure I didn't miss any questions. Good. So, uh, Jason, the, the, the mind-blowing statement about uh, no advice on the first call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I say attorneys aren't allowed to answer the call, by the way. I, I don't want to, I got to put this in the parking lot because I can go down a rabbit hole in this one. And I know you're all interested in it, but I got to keep going. So my average open rate was 19.07%. Now we need to hit the big pause button here, right? If I was, if I was the guy on um, uh, CNBC, I'd have a big like flashing light shine up right now because I, I want to make sure we recognize this. 19%. By the way, I'm thrilled with that number. Like I'm over the top excited about 19% because when I do this wrong, my open rate is eight, nine, 10, maybe 11%. Okay. When I do this right, my open rate's like 19%. If you have an open rate of 19%, that means that 81% of the people aren't opening the email, which means email in and of itself is not enough. Now it's, it's not small enough that we should ignore because it's super important. The reason you're all here is because I'm using email, right? We've got 68, we had I think up to 77 people on the call at one point because I used email to get you here. So it's important that we use email, but it's also important to recognize it's not enough. It's only one piece of a much larger puzzle. But that being said, we deal with subject lines we want to continue the conversation, which is why you'll see I like to use RE. So regarding, this feels like, right, we're continuing the conversation. Regarding, invite I sent on Friday, right? Now, you'll notice I also play with whether I use a capital I or a small I, because when it's a small I, it's a little less formal, and like which marketer would use incorrect grammar, punctuation, whatever we want to call it, like 
English language, we should have capitalized that I. But if we use a small I, it makes it feel a little bit more authentic. It's kind of like burning the edges of the envelope so that they open up your envelope in direct mail, right? Who in the heck would purposely burn the edge of an envelope? I got to see what's in here. Um, initial consultation, right? So this is speaking your language. Now this is an email, these are email subject lines to you. So, so you guys think initial consultations. A lot of times I play again with the small I and the small C. Your direct mail piece. This one wasn't the RE, but this one actually got one of the higher open rates that we had uh, because it was your direct mail piece. Uh, last chance. Most things I do with the words last chance tend to get open. Um, it's just a, it's a instinctual response that humans can't just ignore. Um, although you guys may be able to see through it, just understand your, your, your target market is consumers and they do think a little differently than lawyers, um, but last chance even works well for me. And then personal. Um, so I'll use a personal dot, dot, dot. And, and um, I have to make sure that I tie the email into the word personal so it doesn't, because if you don't tie what you're doing in here into the email, uh, you'll lose them and they'll get a little aggravated and they'll opt out. We'll talk about that in a second. So just make sure when you do your subject lines, try to use things that are relevant to them. If I was writing subject lines for uh, attorneys, uh, I'm going to be thinking about, you know, our meeting, you know, small hour, our meeting yesterday, O-U-R, um, especially if it was somebody, maybe our meeting today, if it's a follow-up from uh, your initial uh, consultation, uh, our call today, your phone call today, um, your free book, depending on what my offer is, I'm going to be using subject lines like that as compared to, you know, the top big five mistakes, the myths. And you're going to see some mistakes that I made even when I wrote these things for attorneys, not but a few years ago, well, a dozen years ago, because I didn't know this information. So, so you'll see what I'm talking about in a second. So subject lines are really important. You want to make sure you're tracking what your open rates are. Now, here's a secret that copywriters don't want you to know. Keep it simple. Copy letters love to complicate it. So I wonder, I've tested this. I wonder, do you know the answer to this? Um, short copy versus long copy. For emails, so copy is like the amount of words that you have in there. So uh, what do you think works better, short copy or long copy? Anybody have a guess? Do you think short copy works better or long copy works better? Long copy, right? Short. I got a short, short and a long, so I'm 50-50. Okay, short. So um, here's, here's what I found, okay? So traditionally, you hear everybody in my world, direct response marketing, that long copy, lots of words work better. And for most lawyers in direct mail, long copy does tend to work better to consumers. Um, now, you need to do your own testing. So this comes with a caveat. You need to do your own testing because I do email to lawyers and, and a lot has changed in the dozen years since I was doing this for attorneys directly. Um, so you need to do your own testing, but, but I have found that short copy wins. So I'm going to show you what I mean now here. So long form email. So I was getting a 1.47% click rate. So if the subject line is what determines the open rate, then the email copy is what determines the click rate. So the goal of the email is to get them to take an action. 
if your goal of your email only says call the office, we're missing an opportunity. And I got to tell you, I made that mistake. You're going to see it in a second. I made that mistake way back when. I today no longer want to do that because when I said support my phone team, if I've got a phone team, I want my phone team to be able to see what's going on inside with their unconverted leads that they're calling. And the way I can do that is by making my clicks measurable so that when the clicks happen, I can actually tell my phone team, hey, this guy clicked on an email. Hey, this guy uh, did something inside the email. Uh, make sure that you call them because they're more likely to be interested. We want my phone team calling people who are interacting with us as opposed to calling people who haven't done something with us in a while. You are the same way. If you're calling unconverted leads and you've got a, a lot of unconverted leads, and by the way, like more than 400 is a lot because if you do the math and we need to make 12 phone calls to every prospect to make sure we convert them all the way through, like we just saw in one of, this, uh, in one of these uh, conversations before, which is the right number, 12, that means for I've got 400 leads, I got 12 I gotta make, I gotta make 4,800 phone calls. If a phone rep can make 100 phone calls in a day uh, at maximum at over a 20 day period in a month, they can make 2,000 phone calls in a month. That means with 400 leads, I've only got like, I've got two months worth of phone calls or three months worth of phone calls that have to be made. And next month I'm going to get more leads, right? So you want to make sure they're calling the right leads because oftentimes your phone reps are going to have more leads than they can handle. So uh, is that click causing the flame score? Yes, uh, Don, I make the, for, you know, warning, advanced conversation. But yes, Don, I make the, uh, I make the clicks inside the emails increase the flames go up in Infusionsoft. That's one of the things that make the flames go up in Infusionsoft. You can do a myriad of things to, tr to trigger flames inside of your campaigns. I, I know you're, you're working with the same vendor. I recommend it, or at least I think you are. So um, you can, they know how to do that. Anyway, 0.31% uh, opt-out. So opt-out, now you've paid to acquire your lead, right? So you, you spent money on TV or radio or internet or, direct mail or whatever to get this lead. They're now in your system. You have their email address and you want to communicate with them, even if it's only 19% of them at a clip. Um, if they opt out, that means that they're saying, don't email me anymore. So if you do the wrong form of email or your email isn't very good or you get it wrong, your opt-outs go up, which means the number of people who'd say, leave me alone, go up which means you've paid, if you paid 50 bucks, or in my case, if you pay 100 bucks for that lead, every time that happens, I literally just burned a $100 bill or at least a portion of the $100 bill that I can send email to because I can't send email to that person anymore. So you gotta think about opt-outs. This is what happens if you get the copy wrong. So in my 600 word example, this is like a 600 word email. This is a classically trained, classically written email. You can see it's got a little copy from me, my quick story, a, a nice headline down below that grabs your attention, a picture of a testimonial with a good testimonial from my good friend and longtime client, Scott David Stewart. This is a good email. I mean, this is like written by me and by perused by some copywriters who I pay a lot of money to. This is a solid piece of copy that works pretty well in direct mail. But in email, I got, I was averaging like 1.47% clicks and a 31.31% opt-out rate. As compared to short form emails, I got up to a 5.3% click rate. Doesn't sound like much, but that's like 400%. And, and a 22% opt-out rate, which means I decreased my opt-out rate by like 
33% or, or said differently, I, you know, 50%, 11% is like 50% of 22%. So depending on how you look at this, I did a great job increasing or decreasing the number of opt-outs I had because of this email. And here's what we did. So we went from long and telling the story in there to just getting to the point. Here's what I want you to do next. I recognize that my email's job was to just get them to the next page. And in this case, I wanted them to register for the webinar. Now, you're not always gonna want them to register for a webinar or a teleseminar, but you likely want them to do something. Maybe you want them to call you. Maybe you want them to read more about your blog article. Maybe you want them to schedule an appointment. I don't know what it is you want them to do, but whatever your campaign is, you wanna make sure your email gets them to the next page in your campaign, okay? In my case, it would be a, a, a landing page. And so, for you, you have to kind of determine where you want to go, what you want them to do. And we're not going to teach copy or kind of what to do here in landing pages. It's a whole other topic. But my point that I want you to take from this is stop trying to do too much in the email. Let's get them to the next step. Just like subject lines got job is to get it open, email's job is to get it to the next page. All right, I'm on 45 minutes. Holy crap. All right, so here's what I used to do. So I used to write emails for attorneys. Uh, for to use in the software system that I had when I built out Infusionsoft for attorneys before I sold that firm, right? And this was good. This worked. We had good data on this. We still had reasonably high open rates in the 20%, and we had we, but we didn't have click-through rates. And you'll see why, because I didn't know about this then like I know about it today. So I've improved. So here's what I used to do, right? I'd create an, an email, and you can see myth number one: I don't need an attorney. I can handle this on my own. Bah. Subject line. I, I don't know that I would use that anymore. And you're going to see that I didn't change that in my what I used what I would do because I just thought about it now as I was going through this. I would change that subject line. That subject line would say like, um, uh, "Do you really need it?" Actually, this is a no appointment set. This email would say, "Our call today." That's all it would say. The lowercase o, our call today. That's what my subject line would say. I wouldn't use that fancy subject line. I think I'm suppressing open rates by doing that now that I know what I know. And then I would go into talking about the myths and, and I would talk about the truths and this is all good stuff and it's good copy, but here's how I would do it now. This is a 334 word, word example. I'd cut it down and it'd be a 145 word example. Now again, I would change the subject line. Now that I read this, I, I, that subject line would say, um, our call today. So, so if you're reading this, it says still the myth number one, I don't need an attorney. I wouldn't use that. I, I would test the, I mean, I would test it, but I bet you're going to find your open rate to be better if you just use something like our call today. And then you can see, I told them the myth, but I drove them to try to get on the, 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 the blog to hear the rest of the story. And my blog, when I got to the landing page, that would have a, a scheduler on it so they could go ahead and self-schedule themselves into their consult um, because I know that this is my goal. They called me and didn't schedule an appointment. I want them to schedule an appointment as long as they're qualified and my system would know that. Um, I, would, I would then want them to go to the blog, read the article and schedule their own appointment. I would also probably have something else that's scheduling them inside of this PS, but my goal is, I, I might have more than one link, but I'm, my goal is in this, I'm shortening the email, driving them to a link to get to a landing page that gets them to do what I want them to do. In this case, I want them to click on the link, I want them to go and I want to schedule an appointment. When they click on the link or they open the email, this tells my tele telephone rep, right, my tier one appointment setters, this tells them that this prospect 
is still interested. So even though they called the date and schedule an appointment, they did something to tell the rep they're still interested. This is somebody I want my rep to call right away. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know, Don, that I'm going to tell you to change your whole email campaign. Well, I, so yeah, I guess I am, Don. I, I mean, I would tell you that what I've discovered is I would tell you that I would, I would definitely go in and shorten these, but, but your team that works for you can do it very easily. This isn't a big deal. Okay. It's really, it's not as big of a deal as you think that it is. I'm using the same email campaign. I'm just, I'm just shortening it up and I want, I want to drive and I want to, I want to get them on clicks. Now, Incidentally, before I went and changed anything, um, so for those of you who have it installed, or maybe you're one of the firms I built this for years ago, and this is how I did it, there's nothing wrong with the way that I did it. And we don't 100% know that this is gonna work for you this way too. Remember, test, 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 test. What works for me may or may not work for you. However, what we know is that you should start, when you build new campaigns, when you're marketing your events, or you're marketing a, a holiday, or you're doing something, start, using this formula I'm giving you and seeing if you get a better result. If you get a better result and you find that you're getting better open rates and better click-through rates, well, now we know the juice is worth the squeeze. By warning, 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 don't go just arbitrarily change all your stuff because I said this works better. You gotta test it on the carpet first, you know, the spot remover on the carpet first it, it, before you go, you know, using it all over the carpet because I wanna make sure that I don't ruin the carpet, right? Don't ruin what you've already got built that's working, um, test it. But if we see a considerable move in the needle, yeah, you're gonna wanna change some stuff. And, and this year I did change some stuff, but hey, welcome to business guys. This is, this is how it works, right? And so we're always testing, we're always finding out what works now, remember, I'm a, I'm a guy who teaches you to do what I do and I do what I teach you to do. So I'm not some sweater wearing professor teaching from theory. I'm teaching you from stuff that actually works in my business on a regular basis. All right. Now uh, let's go to the step-by-step. -step. So here's what you want to do. And, uh, and I'm going to be able to answer some more questions if you've got them. So first you want to invest in some software. So if you're just going to send emails, you don't need Infusionsoft. Now, I love Infusionsoft, and my, my team that I sold my company to at Four Eyes, um, that they, I definitely recommend them. They can build your Infusionsoft for you. If you want to learn more, go to fouriz.com, F-O-U-R-I-I-Z, F-O-U-R-I-I-Z.com. Uh, I, I, full disclosure, I'm a shareholder in the company, so um, it is a, a selfless plug or shameless plug, but whatever. Uh, but if, you, if you're just sending email, you don't need four eyes. You can go out to the so into the email world and grab a cheap or maybe free email sending software. Be careful with free, though. Make sure you do your checks on it to make sure they don't have really bad reputations in the spam world because then your emails won't get opened anyway. But there are some really inexpensive solutions for just software out there. I'm not going to name them all for you here. You can go to Google and you can find them. Uh, if you want some more sophisticated if-then scenarios where you say, well, if they're an unconverted lead, I want to automate this. If they didn't set an appointment, if they didn't show for the appointment, if they didn't hire for the appointment, I want to automate this communication. You likely will need something like Infusionsoft. And then I do highly recommend you go to somebody like Four Eyes uh, to accomplish that goal. Uh, create an email schedule. So whether you're using Nurture or using campaign specific or you've got an unconverted lead follow-up, you want to make sure you sit down and, and, and you know, monthly create a schedule of what you're going to do. Um, the Nurture ones typically run over and over again. The unconverted lead ones will run over and over again. But when you're doing campaign specific, 
especially if you're going to promote an event or community service thing or whatever, you really want to sit down with somebody who's helping you implement this stuff and, and figure out a plan of how you're going to do this. Um, um, again, there are some evergreen structures like the nurture emails, like the unconverted lead follow-up emails. And by the way, one of the best nurture emails that you can do is if you have regular blog, blog posting or if you pay a company to send a blog out or to put a blog to your website, you can just take that blog and just put a portion of the blog in the email and put a link to the rest of the blog. And if nothing else, now we're communicating with them via email about your blog, staying in com regular constant communication with them, driving them to your blog page, which is now putting them back in touch with you and suggesting you're the expert and showing that you're a thought leader. And if you can get sophisticated and you can have your blog page convert them over to an appointment, that's another nice way to accomplish that goal. Um, oops, create a subject line. Uh, make sure you create subject lines and you test it. Um, write simple emails. Don't get, don't, this is, I've just done away with all the theory that you have to be great copywriters. Just keep it super simple. I promise you it's the right way to go. Drive the emails to the next stage or have the emails drive them to the next stage. Uh, create a, a page for a link to drive to. That's landing page stuff 101. There is a, um, there's the triple your lead seminar that I did. If you go to webcastforattorneys.com, all of my old uh, webcasts are there. The Triple Your Lead seminar is all about landing pages. Uh, I'm not going to go into that here, um, but that's what you'll want to do is create a landing page. You can also, as I said, if you have a blog, you, you can have your web uh, designer put on there so that they can have, you can have an ad on the side of your blog that points to scheduling uh, for a self-schedule. That's a really good idea. Um, and then you want to mail, meaning you want to hit send, you want to inspect, you want to measure, and you want to test. Um, you really need to have this kept, you know, kept the data in a, in a side like Google Sheet. I don't like to use Excel as much because Google, everybody can share and you can have your helper really share this with you there and share the data with you. So put it in a uh, Google Sheet and just keep track of what email you sent, when you sent it, what your op how many you sent it to, what your open rate was, what your click-through rate was. Um, and you know, if you had any other action on it that you want to measure and you can go to your landing page and ma manage that as well. Again, your so email software will be able to give you all that data. Um, but you, you, you want to actually move it from the software into a separate sheet. It's a lot easier to track than just measuring it on your software. If you work with a company like four eyes, they've got dashboards for all this stuff. Um, but I, I, I still tend to use Excel. Um, or pardon me, Google Sheets, because um, it's very convenient and I can, I can use that to manage in my weekly meetings. Uh, if you have a phone team, use software that can alert them when the prospects interact with your email. So that's definitely Infusionsoft. There might be other ones, but Infusionsoft is the one you want to do that. So if you have somebody making outbound phone calls for you and you're using email, you, you really need to be using uh, a software system like Infusionsoft through a company like 4Eyes to uh, manage uh, the, the leads and what they've done with you according to either flames or their interaction with you. Um, it has changed the way we do business. So using email for that purpose is huge. If you don't have a phone team, not the end of the world. It's not like you, this won't work for you. It's just, it's a, it, this really empowers your phone team. All right, so uh, we're at the end. If you have any questions, I've got about four or five minutes left. I'm happy to answer a few. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're new to me and in my world and you think that what I had to say was interesting and you think we can help you and kind of peel back the onion in your business to see what's working and not working inside of the systems of your law firm, you're, you're welcome to go to the Richard James forward slash PPGP. As I said, I never sell on these emails or these webinars. I don't. I hope I give good quality information. I hope you found it helpful. 
Um, but if you have any questions regarding email, how you use email, what to do to increase your open rates or anything, uh, if you're looking to get started, I'm happy to answer for them now. Um, let me just make sure I don't see anything that I missed. Yeah, YouTube links would be okay, Thomas. Um, the only reason I, I don't mind YouTube links, I just wanna make sure you're sending them directly to your video and that your video has a call to action on it and that you don't drive them to your competitors. So on YouTube, make sure you put a long ending on it so that when, when you, the, your YouTube video is over, um, they don't show your competitors because that's what happens with YouTube if you don't put a long ending on your video. Um, let's see, any other questions? Can you share four? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, four, I, let's see if I can do it like this. Um, we'll do it like this. Four. Uh, so I'm sure it's www.foureyes.com. Um, there you go. And I'm guessing if I open up my email on my web browser, and I put it here for you, it'll work. Yeah, there it is. Uh, foureyes.com. So they're the company I sold my Infusionsoft company to. Uh, they've exceeded all my expectations and how they serve the clients and they're getting incredible results. So I get it's a shameless plug, but uh, they, they just do a great job. So I highly recommend them if, you're, if you don't have a system and you want something like that. Um, I added a new area of practice to my law firm, trademark. Okay, trying to market that specifically. What new business from the beginning want to market, want to market to existing attorneys I know and others. Okay. So yeah, I mean, Samantha, if I was you, I would be using information marketing. Um, so like webinars and teleseminars, uh, maybe your book or blog posts um, to my existing clients. I'm guessing that your, I don't know this, but I'm guessing that your new area of practice trademark uh, can serve your existing clients. I'm, I'm assuming that to be the case. If that's not the case, we need to have a separate conversation. But assuming that this is going to serve the same clients you've always served, uh, now what we want to do is we want to start educational based marketing uh, that you can then uh, teach to your clients through the use of email. Now the other benefit to this is when you create this educational based marketing, either a book or blog posts or webinars or teleseminars, you can then also market those things to cold traffic. So you won't send cold emails, but you can take those uh, pieces of content that you've created, information, and you can now put that out using pay-per-click via Google or pay-per-click via Facebook, or you can run ads in trade journals or newspapers. Um, you can send direct mail pieces that market and drive traffic to this new pieces of content that you've created. Email marketing is only one of the ways in which you will use to market and drive traffic to the information you've created. It's the one I happen to like the best right now because it's free, it's easy to use, and once you set it up, you can set it and forget it, but I would drive traffic, uh, I would create information to drive traffic to. No, I just want them to know when they get calls. So no, I just want them to know when they get calls. I also do wonderful episodes with you. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, Samantha, just to be clear, so no, I want them to know when they get calls. So, what do you mean by that? Who, who to get calls? Oh, referrals. Uh, okay, yeah. So again, yeah, so if you're developing, again, information marketing inside of your referral network, if you can create, uh, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but you could create information marketing that's helpful to your referral network 
um, maybe you're talking to attorneys or other uh, professionals that have leads that you want. If you can create a topic that's interesting and beneficial to them, there's, and you can segment them in your email list so that you, you don't communicate to them, uh, to somebody else about something you only want to communicate to them. That's important. You need to be able to segment your list, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, but if you can do that, then yeah, I would still say information marketing is a very powerful tool and email is a very powerful media to get in front of your referral partners to communicate to. But you have to be able to segment your list. So you got to be able to go into your list and say, I only want to send an email to these people because they are potential referral partners for me. Any other questions? I'm at the top of the hour. I've really got to run. If there's anything pressing, email me directly, richard at therichardjames.com, richard at therichardjames.com. I hope you found it helpful. Uh, this is Email Marketing 101, um, and a little bit advanced. Uh, for those of you who are not using email marketing, it's vitally important that you do. If you're not using email marketing because you don't have a big list, but we have a whole other problem, right? Uh, maybe you're not harvesting the data correctly, and, and that's another challenge that you have. You need to be listening to one of my other webcasts that I talk about where you have to build your PCLC. Or maybe uh, you're not using email marketing because you don't have the right system and you need to get started. Uh, if, if you've got a list of uh, prospects that you should be communicating with or you've got unconverted leads, which I'm sure all of you do, email is an extremely powerful tool. Wish you all a very wonderful and happy holidays. Uh, I'm Richard James, working real hard for you to build your practice better, uh, one email marketing system at a time. Thanks so much, everybody.